good. That's what you do when you applaud. And that's awesome. But you need to be able to give him words coming from your heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He is an amazing, an amazing, an amazing father. And I'm so grateful for him today. Hallelujah. Pastor may have to leave early. He is supposed to be participating in a march downtown on behalf of human trafficking with Pastor Rice and so many others in the city. So if he steps out early, that's where he is going to represent Rafa Kingdom Community Church in the community. Amen. Amen. Don't let size fool you. Size means nothing when it comes down to the Lord. We can still make a presence in the community. Amen. Amen. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, if you would turn there with me. Can you hand me my phone? I need my other version. Thank you. Hallelujah. And this is going to be a little different. But different is good. Somebody say different, different. is good. So I just need you to be receptive of what the Lord wants to do in the house today. Are you receptive to what the Lord wants to do in the house today? Yes. Amen. Amen. So we are going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 for just a few moments. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to start in the first verse, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. When you have Hebrews 12 and 1, just say amen. amen. If you still look and say, hold on. Amen. We will do that. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 and 1. It reads, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame now he's seated in the place of honor beside beside god's throne and i want you to travel with me to the 27th verse where it reads, this means all, that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Unshakable. Unshakable. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this unshakable word. 
And we pray in the name of Jesus that every recipient will receive that which you want them to receive. I thank you, Lord God, that this is a, uh, a, a an experience of hearers and doers of your word. And so we thank you, Lord, that your word will bring forth life and healing and abundance and strategy that will carry us and catapult us to where you want us to be in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you a little bit today about unshakable. There's so many different ways that you can be unshakable. You have unshakable faith. You can have unshakable trust. You can have all kinds of, uh, you know, an unshakable relationship, all kinds of shape. But listen, the un- unshakable we're going to focus on today is the same unshakable that is shared about right here in Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the 27th verse. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Have you ever felt like you've been shaken? Have you ever felt like you've been shaken? My first memory of being shaken was that of a child. I had uh, went to the next door neighbors without asking. And my mama didn't know where I was. Um, And I wanted to go play with my friend Susie. And she lived next door. And I went over to Susie's house. And I don't know how long I was gone. But it was long enough for my mama to get not concerned, but mad. And so when I got back, uh, she was waiting on me with a nice switch. Okay, one of them switches that was about as tall as I was. And all of the leaves had been taken off of it. And I felt my knees shaking, Sister Shakia, because I knew it was coming. It was inevitable. It was going to happen. No matter how much I cried and pleaded, you know how you, you automatically get them crocodile tears. <laughs> don't put me, mama. Don't put me up. I won't do it again. She didn't care. She didn't get my tears meant nothing to her at that present time. She wanted to teach me a lesson. And that lesson was, don't you leave about this house no more without letting me know where you're going or asking, can you go? And so that day, which my that was my first memory of being shaken because I literally felt my knees knocking against each other because I knew that whooping was coming. Now, I... <sighs> Was it the worst whooping I ever got? Probably not. I'll be honest with you. Probably not. But it was the first time I remember getting disciplined for doing something I knew I shouldn't have done, but I just wanted to do it. I was shaken. Have you ever been shaken in life knowing that you did something you weren't supposed to do and the only person big and bad enough to discipline you was God and you knew there was no talking your way out of this. You knew that there was no conv- you could you cried you whined you Lord I, you you know almost, and back in the biblical days they would actually rip their clothes and throw on sackcloth and ashes and 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 beg before the Lord so they wouldn't get in trouble and, and and we have these times that happen in our life where we know good and well what we're not supposed to do but we do it anyway but thank God He's merciful. 
Jesus, I thank God that I don't have to come in and look for God to have this big old supersized switch ready to whoop me up one side and down the next. Amen. But his loving kindness and his tender mercies wraps themselves around us. And I love in, in, uh, in, in 12.1 where it talks about the great cloud of witnesses. Don't you know you always have somebody looking at you, watching you. You know, for me it was my brothers and sisters because when we got in trouble, one person got in trouble and everybody else didn't get in trouble, we all watch you. I'm going to watch you get a whooping and I'm going to laugh because I ain't the one getting the whooping. And it's the same way it seems as we are on our journey of faith that there are people watching our lives and you got people who are actually watching your life and they're cheering you on and they, you know, they're like, yes, you know, amen. But then you got some folk watching your life and they waiting, they waiting, they waiting on you to fall. They waiting on you to get in trouble. They waiting on something bad to happen to you so they can be like mm -hmm, yep got him now yep got him now but you know what in front of all of these witnesses what they're going to witness is that the love of a caring father an enduring father a father who suffers long a father who loves us beyond our own understanding do you understand that we have a God who's not just somebody that we go and, and, and lay fruit in front of for a whole day to get rotten but we have a an actual living, breathing father who cares and carries us from one level of life to the next level of life. And he is the one who is able to keep us grounded so that we are unshakable. When you realize that God is the worst boogeyman there is, okay? You know, we, we, we be scared of the boogeyman. He's not really the boogeyman, but what I'm saying is he's bad, okay? He's the baddest. He's the biggest. He's the strongest. So if he's the baddest, if he's the pinnacle of, of anything that could happen to me, why well, I got to worry about anybody else? That's what the psalmist David said. He said, I won't fear for what can man do to me. And when we realize this and we recognize this, we stop worrying about everybody else. See, some of us had that case of the what everybody thinks syndrome. Where we worried about the opinions of people who don't even matter. Can I tell you in the moments in my life where I messed up the biggest, I messed up the greatest. I know some of y'all think I've been saved since I was born. No. And there's been days and times in my life where I messed up so bad I didn't think there was any coming back from it. Have you ever messed up so bad that even after it's been years since the mess up, the enemy still try to creep in and whisper in your ear, you remember when you did, and you you remember when you went and you been and don't nobody know about that but me but I ain't gonna tell it the devil is a liar and a defeated foe there is nothing he can hold over your head that God hasn't already forgiven you for when you ask him to forgive you so even the devil can't shake you even the enemy can't shake you with your past he can't shake you with that because God says I am bigger than anybody else in here. That means if I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm more than the whole world against you. So not the enemy and nothing he got to say about you can shake you. Unshakable. Unshakable. So when verse 27 says, 
This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things remain. Way before that, he's talking about discipline. You read that whole chapter, he's talking about enduring discipline and why discipline is good. And, and, and many times we think about discipline and we equivalate being disciplined to being beaten. It's not the same. Okay? Being beaten, you just getting beat. And sometimes it can be for no reason. Okay, that's abuse. But discipline is instruction. The, the root word of discipline is disciple, which actually means to teach, to instruct. So you are learning something. So if you are being disciplined, that means God is trying to teach you and show you something. And many times we equivalent discipline like I explained and described my experience when I got my switch whooping because I did something wrong. But also discipline comes not when you do something wrong, but to instruct and teach you so you don't do something wrong, right? So discipline can also come in the way where you haven't done anything wrong yet, but I just need to teach you and I just need to instruct you so that you know what's coming and you know how to make a right decision and a right choice. And sometimes we end up confusing bad life decisions with the attack of the enemy. And God's like, no, 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 I need to teach you how to do this and I need to teach you how it's done so that when it comes, you know how to have the right response. And you won't be feeling like the enemy is attacking you left, right, here. It's not the attack. It's what, what did you choose to do, boo-boo? What choice did you make? Did I not teach you this? Did I, did I not show you this? And I understand there's so much. I mean, when you think about the Bible and all that it contains, there's a lot to try to hold on to to remember in your own mind. But this is why the Bible says, hide my word in your heart. Why? So I might not sin against you. So that we can be unshakable. So that when things hit our lives that we didn't even bring on, we didn't even ask for, we didn't, we, we weren't even expecting it. It wasn't even on the radar. Like the Doppler has a storm supposedly coming in the afternoon. If you look outside right now, it don't look like it's going to hit. But we don't even see it on our radar coming will be unshakable because we know look if, if 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 god brings this to my life that means he knows i have what it takes to get through this if he's allowing this to happen then he knows that you got everything inside of you to do this to walk this, to work this. Why? Because his promises are yes and amen to the glory of God. Therefore, when problems hit, when challenges hit, when trials hit, when struggles hit, I know I will be okay because God already has a plan for me because I can be unshakable. Confident, not in my abilities. But confident in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Confident of who I belong to. Confident that this word is true because not because I read it and somebody else told me about it, but because I live it and I've seen it and I've experienced it for myself. 
I say it all the time. You can challenge what I read. You can say, oh, this man, this book was written by a man, and it, and it ain't even this, and this ain't even in the right language and all that. You can challenge all of that, but what you cannot challenge is the experience that I have that I know that my Redeemer lives. You can't challenge my experience when I pray and I see a thing happen. You can't challenge me on my experience. That's how you become unshakable. When all manners of doctrine come your way. When folk wearing long red dresses are at the bus stop trying to talk to you about what the Bible actually say that it don't say that they say it. That's how you're unshakable. When people tell you we all serve the same God. There's no such thing as different religions. You become unshakable when you know the truth. Because the truth will set you free. unshakable we become unshakable when life hits us fast we don't have time to plan we become unshakable when we say you know what I don't know how I'm going to get through this but God does we become unshakable when it looks like everything is falling apart it really is falling into place. We just can't see that big picture. Unshakable. And the discipline God has for us, it's not like that big old switch mama had for me. The discipline God has for us is like an adjustment. Anybody ever been to the chiropractor? If you've never been to the chiropractor, Go one time. If they say they'll do a free, a free adjustment for you or whatever, just take them up on that free one time. Then you'll be hooked. Then you'll be wanting to pay for it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And, and it feels like, and it, so it sounds like, not feels, it sounds like they are breaking your back. You hear your back pop in ways you never thought. You'd be like, Lord, what bone is that? And when you get off the table, you feel like a brand new person. You'd be like, oh, my neck straight, back straight. Feel like I might be able to hop, skip, and jump a couple times. And the discipline God has for us is, is similar to that. You experience things you never thought you would, it would experience. Stuff popping off in your life that you didn't even know existed. Like, wait a minute, where'd that come from? What happened? And all the while, God is adjusting you. For a better life. He's adjusting you to experience the life and that more abundantly he promised us in his word. Those adjustments sound bad. They really aren't. They really aren't. I know it looks bad. It really isn't. It isn't. It's God adjusting your life. It's him showing you who's really the boss. Because, you know, sometimes we think we the boss. We think we in control. And it's God saying, mm-mm. Yeah, see, because you could have done it and it would have been okay. But let me do it so it will be excellent. Because when he does it, he does it well. Oh, yes. 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 He does it well. So if that job didn't work out, don't worry. <laughs> he got another one for you because when he gives you the one you're supposed to have, he does it well. 
It's okay. It's okay, boo. It's all right. That relationship don't work out the way you thought it was going to work. It's okay. It's okay. Let God do it. Because when he does it, he does it well. I had to learn that lesson a couple of times. Ain't no shame in my game. Keep it moving. Because when I pick, I, I, I'm picking off. I'm just picking. Okay. But when God does it, he does it well. You got to understand that being unshakable is not only possible, it is it's promised if we stand in God and we trust in him we have no reason to fear we have no reason to be afraid we have no reason to doubt we're unshakable in him so he said I don't know how it's going to get done I don't know what's going to happen I ain't got the money I ain't got the credit I ain't got the clout but guess what God has all of that and he is so phenomenal. Sometimes I just sit back and I'm, it ain't even my life. I'm watching other people's lives and I see how God orchestrates things. And how he makes divine appointments happen. And how he connects people in the kingdom. And I be like, oh, you are bad. Oh, my God, it's just awesome. Because it's like, you know, the Big Bang Theory, like, they know where that's going to happen. Like, they, all this stuff ain't going to just mess all up in your life. And boom, your life is perfect. No, but God being the author that he is, the, the, the creator, the crafter that he is, he just has this way of taking all of the mess that we've had in our lives and combining it with his anointing to make it a message. So what you thought was totally just jacked up and you didn't want to tell nobody about, he has a way of using it so it can bring your life. In, you know, it turns you into a testimony all by yourself. Amen? And so we're going to hear a couple of testimonies today. Testimony about being unshakable. Testimony not because... You've been unshakable. Maybe you got shaken. But even in your, your state of being shaken, God was able to study you and stable you to the point where you like, you know what? <laughs> the, I, I, I'm, forget being at your wit's end. I'm at the end. So God, you got to do this. So I'm going, normally I'll be like, I'm just going to release the mic, but I have a few people in mind. So if you would so kindly just give them a few minutes of your, your, your life, I guarantee you, you will not regret it and you will be encouraged. Amen. Come on, pastor, and share with us for a few seconds. You know, um, I, I got, a, I got a bunch of testimonies, but. <laughs> no, um, I really feel this is a significant time to share this. Um, you know, Pastor Tracy talked about, you know, relationships. And sometimes we don't know why we're in what relationship we're in. But in my uh, previous marriage, my um, former wife had trouble carrying kids. And our last one, um, after six attempts our last one lived 113 days and um i found myself at, at the end of my rope at, at the end of you know end of me it was it's just no, nothing i could do you know um 
we were at the hospital, OSU hospital, and just waiting and seeing if he was going to develop and all those type of things, and it, it just didn't happen. And so I find my, found myself, you know, in a position where I'm like, Lord, why? Lord, why? Why me? I, I, I'm capable. I, I know I'm capable of, of handling this, and you know, and, and, and it just wasn't meant to be. And I found myself uh, crying. I was just just crying and and sobbing. And, I, and, the, and the pastor I had at that time, he was a he was a man of God. I always had something to say. Always had something encouraging. But even he sat in the room virtually speechless. Because see, when God does something in your life, see that there's, there's something. There's, there's it's a situation. Many times, can't nobody say nothing. But they can they can do all they can do is pray. And leaving the hospital and having to do the funeral and everything, and just it was just so perplexing and so mind-boggling and so heavy. And and all I can think was, Lord, I I, I still want to live for you. And the only thing I can say to you today is that I stand here with my right mind after going through all of that over and over and over and over again. I stand here with my right mind today because God did it. He, it, he, he shook everything that he could possibly shake in my life. But I stand here today unshaken. So when I when I say scriptures like he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything I could ask or think, uh, because see, uh, uh, I, it was beyond what I could think. It was beyond what I could see because I couldn't even see how I was going to get out of it or get away from it or get around it. But there was no getting around it. But God did it, and I stand here today and look at three beautiful young children who are progressing and growing because this prophetic word was given to me not long after that saying that you will be able to raise other people's children. And I stand here with joy seeing our three children progressing and growing. It, it, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't the way we wanted it. The show wasn't the way we wanted it. If we wrote the script out, it would have been wrote, written a lot different. But God is doing it. God is doing it. So that's my unshakable testimony today. Because he's able to take. See, that's why it's so important to understand that your situation, you may think your situation is so bad, but somebody else may have a situation that, that, that's just as bad as yours, if not worse. But God is able Amen. 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 Come on, Sister Shakia. And Brother Roosevelt. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Um, oh. <laughs> Earlier this week, um, Thursday to be exact, um, around 7 o'clock in the morning, um, our Honda, our only car, we have one vehicle, um, broke down. Thank you, God. It broke down. Transmission went out. Uh, 
We didn't know what we were going to do. Um, called tow truck or whatever the case may be. Uh, got it towed back to our house. Um, Roosevelt uh, made a couple phone calls. You know, we prayed and everything like that. You know, I know God heard us. Um, he'd been hearing us. He'd been answering so many prayers. <laughs> uh, he'd been answering so many prayers. Um, he called his stepdad or whatever the case may be. He worked at GM. Uh, you know, he helped us out a whole lot. And so we got a chance to, um, what is that, sawmill? Okay, yep, sawmill. Um, we went over there. Um, I was at work. And Roosevelt called me. He was like, hey, uh, so how do you feel about, you know, 2019? How do you feel about 2019? You know, he was like, so, you know, I got a dilemma and all this stuff, whatever. I'm like, you know what? I said, God going to do it. Whatever it is, God going to do it. You know, I highly believe that God going to do it. So um, I got off the phone with him, whatever. I got back to work and all that or whatever. Uh, he came and got me. The lady was like, can you put your John Hancock right here, right here, right here? I'm like, so three years. We don't have to do nothing but put gas in the car. We're the, we're the first owners of this car. The car only had 51 miles on it. week but two weeks ago was it two weeks ago when I was here <laughs> the first, I can't remember how I said it pastor but I think I said um, we're going to get a new car but you know I just I just knew that we were getting another car I didn't know how didn't know when I just knew that we were getting another car and today we have another car Thank you, Jesus. Come on and bless the Lord for them. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. So I got another testimony. Um, so uh, I don't know if y'all remember, Pastor, we had put in 30 days, or was it 90 days? He said God was going to start making changes in our lives. And that was in February. And stuff was going on i was like no i don't need that to happen now i don't want no no she was doing stuff like making decisions without me and it was actually affecting our family and i was like man you got to tell me when you make but she had already went to god about it so it didn't have nothing to do with me but i was the whole time like no like so we was getting i'm just gonna tell it y'all we was getting benefits through the government food stamps metro so one day she was like I don't want to be feeling bad going to these people lying, saying, not telling them all my information or whatever, and didn't come back and haunt me. So she went down there and just, in my mind, you volunteering your information. You don't got to tell them folks all that. You volunteering information. So 
so they sent us a letter one day and said, uh, well, y'all didn't tell us enough time that y'all was married. So we're going to take y'all food stamps away. So we're going to take y'all metro away. Y'all will now have to pay the full balance. Um, and y'all owe us back pay. Y'all owe us seven grand in back pay. And so I'm like, God, no, why, why did you say something? I'm just fussing. And just, but sh- 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 thank God for the guidance, first of all. <laughs> well, Pastor, when you talk about that Proverbs 31 woman, I just thank God for the guidance. And so I was just back and forth, back and forth, like, God, you know what? I'm, I don't know what else to do. I'm stressed. Like, So um, I've been unhappy with my job. I've been unhappy with my job. Like, I talked to Pastor, talked to Brother Claude, talked to Brent, everybody. And um, I went to him like two weeks ago, and I said, uh, I've been here for three years. I, I haven't got a raise. And y'all told me y'all started me at what I was making because I didn't know nothing. Well, I know stuff now, so I need a raise. And he was like, well, we can't really give you a raise or anything, but when um, we're going to give you a drug test. And I was like, but it's, it just seemed like the whole time they was just trying to do little stuff to not give me a raise. We, we'll try Well, maybe he'll fail it so we won't have to give him a uh, raise. Or maybe you don't, you don't know how to do this, so we won't give you a raise yet. But never would put me in that position. So I was getting frustrated. So I start missing days of work. I call Brother Claw. Hey, bro, what you got going on? I need to make some money. He had get help me. You know, I got this job. Come help work with me. And I would make money like that. And just I would just lose the interest. So I put an application in at this one job. And they didn't call me. So I was like, oh, well. And then I, on Friday, I was leaving work, and they uh, called me like, uh, we've been looking at your application. Um, do you think you come in tomorrow for an interview? I was like, well, that's kind of short notice. I don't know if I can miss work. So I missed work again to go <laughs> check on the job. <laughs> so they, you know, they looked at my information. They said, wow, you are more than qualified. Oh, you're more than qualified. They said, so... We're going to pay for your tools. We're going to pay for your work boots. We're going to pay for your work pants. We're going to give you all your benefits after 30 days. We're going to give you a life insurance policy. <laughs> and we're going to give you five more dollars than what they're giving you. I just thought it was the end. Like I just, I didn't have nothing left. I, I didn't know I had no answers. I was just God. Why? 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 Yes, He adjusted my life. He was adjusting my life the whole time. I just, I'm waiting on this job to call me tomorrow. I got to go take a physical. So y'all pray for me that my physical go good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unshakable. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Come on, Sister Foxy. God is good. My soul, mm, so overwhelmed. You never know why God places people in your life. But I thank God for Sister Shakia. A year ago, February 8th, I lost my husband of 20 years. He was taken in a robbery gone bad and he died from his injuries. But God, who was merciful, made sure that those who were responsible are in jail today. And there is no way, no rhyme or reason. He said he vengeance was his. And everything, all the evidence that they have is so stacked against him that there's no way out. I praise God for him working so quickly and using the right people. But even in the loss, I had no job. I had no income. I had no money. I said, Lord, this is all on you. Because there's nothing I can do. My mind was not there. And I'm not going to tell you it was because it wasn't. Because he was my everything. We have been praying solidly for two years together. We got rebaptized together. And I want you to know for the last, the 18 years that we were together, we had never prayed together. But God did this for a reason. Having us pray together because he was laying a foundation. That I would be able to stand in the midst of this situation. Because of my husband's prayers for me. God not only, he, he gave, I got a job. And I was telling my sister just last May, I lost a job on Mother's Day. It was a temporary job and they no longer needed me. And I remember sitting in my house saying, Lord, I was almost getting ready to try to be normal again. And I said, God, what am I going to do? Because I had an eviction notice laying right before me. Where am I going to come up with this money? And I now no longer have a job. So I had to ask in my family and you know sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is to ask somebody for help 
I am a giver have always been my entire life. So now the giver is needing help. And so I begin to make phone call after phone call. And I say, God, this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But I know you have a reason for me doing it. And I just kept calling. And when I called my cousin, she asked me how much. And she said, I'll get it ready for you. Do you even want a check or do you want cash? And I said, I thank you, Lord, for making that provision. Then I got a call the next day to come in for an interview. There were two positions on the table. One was for accounting. One was for an admin and accounting. And I said, I know my mind was not really together because of what I was going through. I said, Lord, I think the only one I can do is just the accounting position. And that's the one I'm going to go for. When I got in and I interviewed, they interviewed me for the admin and the accounting position. Because they knew that was the position I was supposed to be in. And to this day, a year later, I am working. I will almost, almost be at this job a year come October. But I was doing it temp, so I'll be a year temp the end of this month. It'll be a year that I've been at this job. And being on this job for a whole year, God not only supplied my needs, he met every need and he used individuals in this body to make sure that I wanted for nothing. I have food. I had a place to live. I had a, a roof over my head. I had clothes on my back. I had gas in my car. And I said, Lord, I thank you. Because I only asked him to keep me till August. And it was September when I realized I had asked him just to keep me till August. He kept me not only from August, he kept me from there till now. And I said, well, Lord, I can't keep, I can't keep making these bills because there's my overhead. I've, I've, I've cut out as much as I can. So now I've got to make a decision. I've got to move. Because I can't afford to keep paying this much rent. And I was telling my sister, I said, when I got the call to say, well, we want you to stay, the people who I'm renting from. And we want to make it so that you can stay. Now, they have been praying for me. They live right across the street from me. He cuts my grass every, every day. And anytime I need anything, all I have to do is let him know. But they reduced my rent so that I could afford to stay there. So I don't have to move. I don't have to move. So I'm telling you, when you are shaken by things that can cut you to the very core, God will step in. And one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I trust God. I trust God. I trust him with my life. I trust him to provide everything that I need. And when they told me they were going to lower my rent, I told my sister, I said, you know what? I've never had them. I do that many. Nobody's ever lowered rent. If anything, they increase year after year. 
But because I am not only a tither, I am a faithful giver. I am faithful not only in my money, but in my time to my church because I love God. And I love him with my whole heart. And even though Lord knows I miss my husband, God has been better to me than any man I could ever have. Any man that I could ever have. So I share this with you to say, trust God with everything that you have. Trust him with your children. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your job. He'll do it for you. He'll, he'll touch the hearts of people around you and make them do what he needs done for you. I go to my job and they and they know me and they know I'm, I, I, there's certain things I don't tolerate. And when I was at my job, I, they know I pray, they know I, I seek the Lord, they know I find favor and then I'm going to sit down. But one thing God did for me, I had an accident and he took that accident and he wiped it literally off of the court system. And the judge was sitting there that day and the judge asked me, he says, what do you want me to do with this case? I had a ticket, a $150 ticket. I was side swiped by the side and they said it was my fault. So I had, to, I had to pay court costs and all that other kind of stuff. He said, well, what do you want me to do with this, Ms. Clemens? I said, well, just throw it away. And he literally took the file sitting up there on the gavel and threw the file behind him. So you can't tell me nothing that God won't do. When you stand and believe and trust and do his will, God will he'll throw anything away to benefit you. <laughs> Hallelujah! Woo! My, 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 my. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Oh, Jesus. My God. He'll make your life unshakable by proving to be a solid foundation. Amen. How many of you are encouraged by those testimonies today? Listening to some of that. I know I'm like, I ain't got nothing to complain about. 